Oh, we're on a roll, Linda. Hello, we're back. We're on a roll. This is epic. This is going well, isn't it? So we far, are, so good. We are um, loving this new season of uh, the podcast. I hope you guys are. <laughs> we're just having fun on our own. I mean... The last one was the definition of success, and if no one's listening, we're still having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> I've redefined success for... I'm oh, just enjoying doing these. I'm just having fun. It's like when I was a kid, I think I've said this, I used to pretend to have my own radio show. I bet a oh, lot of people no. did with a cassette player. It's like that. It's like reliving the dream. You're... It doesn't have to be an audience. Audience of you. It's amazing, isn't it? How, how many, you know, what, 16 years of marriage and you still keep finding out things about each other. <laughs> I've told you that. I knew that one, but what was the one I found Pudsy out the FM other day? you knew about. It had a jingle. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Pudsy FM. It's brilliant, wow. that. How did you come up with that? <laughs> did you do it on a keyboard as well? Or no, just, sing just it? sang it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, I'd like to find those cassettes. I wouldn't be able to play them on anything. But that is amazing. Coffee matters most when cared for from plant to cup. We're committed to roasting and delivering a coffee drinking experience to be remembered. This podcast is brought to you by Cielo Coffee. Coffee, 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 coffee. What did I find out the other day? I'm the best. This is the best because we were doing, we're doing Steph's Pack Lunch, aren't we? Yeah. Randomly every, every oh, month. Oh, no. Which, and this was, <laughs> can we talk about this? Yeah, okay. Because it was going to go on national TV, yeah, but, but it they cut it. but it didn't make it. That's a, that's a, there's and a hint I, right there. I had to talk about, so we had to talk about nicknames, didn't we? Yeah. And I talked about mine. Your which, name being Nick. To be honest, it's a little bit boring, but it's funny. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> People, throughout my days of Scott, I don't know why he called me Chateau, and what I do is because in French, yeah, your French teacher said called Castle you Chateau, and thought yeah. it was funny to call me Chateau. It's like people called Daniel got called Danielle, didn't they? Yeah, but weirdly, our our child got called Danielle. Oh no, Dominique, and I was like, so apparently these days at school we they just, just give, give you a name. a name, which that's a bit weird, isn't it? I mean, yeah. at least they're a bit more creative <laughs> with Chateau. But anyway, well, we anyway, can keep using it. Well, no, no, I don't want to use that anymore. Please don't. Let's 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 move on. But thank goodness school finishes at some point. That's why I keep telling my kids, don't worry. School does school does end, and life, life gets really school. good. Anyways, I did not have a clue. So tell us what your nickname was at school. Well, it wasn't, was it? This is the whole problem. <laughs> I didn't have one, but I created myself. It turns out I created myself two. One oh. at primary and one at high school because oh, I put it out I'm on. Out more. I put it out on my can't remember Feed. Facebook maybe, and one of my best friend from high school was like, "Oh, was it this one?" I said, "Oh no, that's another one." Because so, I really, really better. wanted a nickname. Every, you know when people are cool who have nicknames, and they, I, yeah. I just thought it was very cool to have a nickname. Obviously, a good one, not something derogatory. But at primary school, I liked playing TIG or TAG, whichever region right. you're in. And for some reason, when you, you know, like, like you can't TIG your butcher thing. You can't TIG someone back who's got no. you. Have you ever heard that phrase? I don't know no, it's a butcher. No, never heard that. But you mean like... <laughs> in Garforth, you can't TIG your butcher. And no returns Yeah, or no returns. Yeah. So for some reason, we'd run around my primary school, shout out Nylands Lane, and TIG someone... <laughs> And say, foggy not on. Foggy not on. So you'd pass, you'd pass it over. It, rem- it rings a bell. I don't massively remember that, but it does. Anyway, we might have great done game, that great down game. Down in Surrey. So I thought, I know, I'd like to be called Foggy. 
Because I fancied, I fancied a nickname. Of course. I was such a sad child. <laughs> so, 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 so I went around you came up with this. telling people to call me Foggy. Oh, my nickname's Foggy. That is to like to try and get cutest, it to catch on. And then there was like a fancy dress disco. Gets <laughs> better. And I went dressed as Fog. <laughs> but my friend Sonia Legend supported me, and she came as a rain cloud. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I mean. Going oh. dressed as oh, the friends. nickname you wanted to be called. I just dressed in grey, I think. one of the best stories I've ever heard. I think I've done it quite a few times. I think Me I've got either. an issue. I've just remembered another one. So then at high school, I decided I wanted to be called Elsie, because that's my initials. Elsie. So like C-L-O. Tried, tried you LC. came up with that as well. Yeah. yeah. Tried Elsie. That didn't stick. But me and, me and my friend Vic, we called each other Elsie and Vienna. Because she, <laughs> she was Vienna. <laughs> That was, not, but then I did my gap year. Yeah, which is when you're about eighteen, <laughs> not not six. And oh dear, what was it? Duda. It's really bad that one, isn't it? Duda. Yeah, yeah. And what? Why was that? I don't know. I think someone said Duda. I said Linda. I don't know. And I thought, yeah. So I thought I wanted. The, oh no, I wanted that one to stick so much. That we had T-shirts printed out for spring harvest to do the kids' work, and everyone had the name printed across the T-shirt, and I had doodah printed across. Oh my days, <laughs> oh, Linda! No. Everyone else gets given these nicknames; they'd rather forget. Yeah. And you, you wanted. And then to, all the kids were them. so confused why I was called doodah that they didn't actually say it. <laughs> oh man, I'm, that is. I'm done amazing. now. I'm just Linda. I'm fine with that. I was going to talk about the uh, yesterday's shenanigans. Oh, what happened yesterday? That kept me busy while I was roasting. So the yeah, don't you get bored? One of the producers of Steph Pat Lunch rang me. Right. Asking, I was like, "Oh, what are we going to be doing? Is it a I summer wasn't with treat?" You, was I? So no, I didn't, I didn't hear about this. And she was like, "Oh, we're, we're trying something. I can't say much about it, probably, but we need somebody. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a big not secret, but it's not mine to say. Is it? No, it's not for Steph. No. Something else." Um, just trying something out. We need, we're trying to get like, mix of demographic. We need a single guy, mid to late twenties, who's into food, up for a laugh. Do you know anybody? <laughs> so then I started trying to think of people, so then I had to, I messaged my nephew. Oh no, which one? Oh, can you say that? Yeah, Will. Will. Oh, shout him. out to Will. I'm so sorry, Will. What did you message to get that? Hey, are you single, into food and cooking? I'm pretty freaked out by my you, questions. You didn't. Surely you <laughs> introed it. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then he explained why. And he was like, I am freaked out. Because <laughs> I, I suppose your auntie doesn't own nothing on Thanks, auntie. Yeah, well. so uh, didn't find anyone available, but it was a fun afternoon of... Trying. Well, I didn't know that many single guys <laughs> in the mid-twenties, to be honest. Think? I think they thought we might have a few working for us, but... Yes. We're a bit well, female heavy at the minute. I'm so sorry, Will. He'll be uh, getting therapy or something else. <laughs> right. We've got a great, great chat today, haven't we? Conversation we have. with comedian Joanne Wright. Yes. She kindly, really kindly, gave up some time to come and chat to us. And um, it was just a delight, wasn't it? It was really. She's super lovely. Really. We've been, we, we came across Joe few, many years ago. Yeah doing some stand-up, made us proper laugh, 
and um, yeah, she's and brilliant. then subsequently seen her on tons of things on TV, which uh, has just gone from strength to strength, and I'm, it's just great. It's a delight to see someone who's genuinely lovely and so so good and passionate at what they do. Yeah, I think and she's in the next series of Afterlife, isn't she? Yes. So we are talking to Joe today to find out. We wanted to know a bit like what, why did she get into comedy? You know, it's one of those things that is just fascinates me. These kind of, you know, how did that end up happening, and um, what excites her? What does she see as success? If we're talking about the Tim Shearer from last week, so what a great time! So this is a gem, gem, gem for everyone, and we got so much out of this. I hope you do too. And here we go. Hey, Joe Enray, thank you for joining us today. We're so excited to have you with us. How's your day going? It's going quite well. I'm trying to think what I've done, Nick. Uh, <laughs> I went back up to the school because I forgot to put sun cream on my five-year-old son. So I had to put him out of class. <laughs> I pulled oh, him out yeah. of class to cover him in sun, sunscreen, like yeah. a neurotic mother. Um, <laughs> That's good uh, parenting. That's yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think so. He was very yeah. pleased to see me. Um, so, yeah, so he was fine. I was like, how's your day, love? Um, and then I ran off again to do a bit of work in a cafe and then I came back home. Yeah, so it's been a very simple day, really. Nice. The life and times of a stand-up comedian. I know. I've got <laughs> Check a gig it tonight out. as well. I've got a gig tonight. So I was oh, yeah. meant to be doing some work, but then I go to this cafe where I live and I'm always bumping to either a relative <laughs> or um or just someone from I used to go to school with yeah. or yeah. someone whose brother used to go to uh, whose sister was in my class and now their dad's <laughs> turned up and before you know it I've done absolutely no work and blaming <laughs> other and blamed other people and then before I know it I'll be standing in front of an audience I'm going what, I've got no idea what I'm gonna say oh, no. yeah so that's how my day is going well yeah. then we idle chit-chat not, not including you both, but yeah, a lot of idle, <laughs> idle chit chat. Yeah, that seems to be the, the way the day, the week has gone, actually. It's the yeah. way to do it. I mean, you should try working every day in a cafe. I mean, I get nothing, yeah, we get done. nothing done. We just constantly, you know what I, mean? I mean, Linda's yeah. roasting in the side of the cafe the whole time. Yeah. And Always people sticking their head around the door. It's, <laughs> it's yeah, 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 yeah. I actually really like it because I've just I, I had a fantastic conversation with somebody that recognized me from a television show and they were like, Are you an actor? And I said, Yeah. And then this was in my local cafe. And then with people don't tend to notice, um, often don't recognize, which is the way I like that. Um, <laughs> but he 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 had um recognized me from something, and then as we got talking, we had a really fantastic conversation about the area that we're both from and and then it turns out I was in his sister's class at school and then I bumped into him today with his dad. And so there's, it, it's quite interesting what tr trying to work, but also at the same time, the work is also about the people that I'm meeting yeah. because yeah. you're getting ideas just talking to people often. Yeah. So I find it, it's that kind of like, do you know when you have a plan in your head for your day <laughs> and then you're just walking around and then you bump into someone, you go, actually, I think I should talk for half an hour. Because, yeah. you know, it's, a, it's about finding ideas is often about interacting with yeah, other people, isn't it? Material. That's, that's a, yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. I was writing about, I've started to do some material on stage about soft play, you know, children's oh, soft play. Oh, no, yeah. And one of the mums said, one of the mums that I, uh, in the mums group said, <laughs> she said that soft play, the 
she said imagine she what did she say we were talking about how dirty quite a lot of the soft clothes yeah. are and I said mm. I reckon the pandemic started in soft play not China <laughs> and then I said uh, and then I said um she she said yeah soft play is the absolute opposite of a day spa you know, <laughs> it's yes. the most unhygienic place you could possibly go to so I've been writing about soft play basically yeah. right. trying to write a whole right. five minutes of material about how unhygienic soft play yeah. are I mean, moment. it did cross my mind. I was slightly nervous coming to chat to you actually today. Yeah. I did think, will we turn up in one of? You won't. You won't. You're you won't. But... <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's it's like oh, that would make me say because we're here. No one can see us. We're here, sat in the, yeah. the same t-shirts as well. I'm hiding my. <laughs> which we don't normally do. We're like one day it'll be that small business owner type story. That comes <laughs> <out>. <laughs> I will do it respectfully, Nick. You'll look okay, always no, have fine, respect. Really and to be honest, the lady that said that the day spa, which I really loved, I thought that's such a funny yeah. idea that it's the dirtiest and the cleanest. Um, <laughs> I actually said to her, that's a really funny idea. Can I, do you mind if I take that and use that? So I often do, if somebody comes up with a thing, yeah. I will often say to them, can I, can I take that as a seed of an idea? Yes. You know, um, uh, because I don't want them to just think that I've taken their idea. Yeah. You so know? you're doing a show tonight? I am. And then and are you doing that? Are you doing it in the middle of a tour or anything? Or? Do you know, I don't, uh, I don't have an official tour, really, yeah. Nick. I just kind of potter around. And then as gigs come up, mm. uh, if I can do them with childcare, if I can practically yeah. get there, if it works out, if it, if it doesn't stress me out, uh, if it costs me, if it costs me all of the money that I'm earning in trains and hotels, I, I can't do it. Yeah. But if I can financially <laughs> make it work yeah. and I can practically make it work being a mom, then I'll, I'll tend to do it if I can. I, I don't do too many shows a week because I don't want to be too exhausted. Because I'm still finding that balance of parenting. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I don't go on an official tour. Maybe one day I will, but it, it, it kind of is a tour, but, but not officially. I, I just kind of tend to traipse around the country. I might be going to Wakefield, actually. I'm just thinking it's not too far oh, from me. Nice. Yes. Yeah, I think I might be going to Wakefield in October. Yeah. That's very near us. So yeah. let's go back a little bit. So when you were growing up, did you always yeah. think, comedy or you know how no. did that come about what were you what was um, I was that? from a I was from an Irish I still am from an Irish family um mm. and I grew up in a part of Birmingham where there were a lot of Irish families and humor is a massive part as you know of Irish culture um mm. so I was always surrounded by chat and funny chat and yeah. people telling funny anecdotes and uh you know that I grew up I grew up going on holiday to Ireland, visiting relatives, people not watching television, but people sit and chatting a lot of the time. And so I grew up as a kid uh, in the 70s, listening to a lot of grown-ups talk. So I think I, I, that was part of what I grew up in. And I also grew up watching a lot of television. Um, and and uh, I grew up accidentally watching a lot of comedy on television. Okay. And I grew up at a time when there was a lot of fantastic comedy yeah. so uh, sitcoms like rising damp and yeah uh, fools and horses and all the brilliant steptoes and sons yeah. mm. so i grew up at um i grew up absolutely um being allowed to watch all of those 
and television was I think really respected in my house people talked about dramas they saw and did you see that fools and horses it was hilarious and you know um people with retail things they saw and it was a, a good time for television and I my mom let me watch yeah. all of them and I I watched everything everything from some mothers to have them faulty towers I watched <laughs> all of them and I watched them continually so um whilst I didn't know that I would go into comedy I was was taking in a lot of influences without realizing it yeah. and then when I when when I got to 16 I joined a drama group for the unemployed I was unemployed at the time didn't know what to do joined a local drama group for the unemployed two days a week and just started to, to do drama really and from there I went found out that you could go on a drama course at Polytechnic and did a drama degree. And then one of the modules within that degree was stand-up comedy. Um, wow. And so, but I had, I, I had seen comedians live. We'd, I'd grown up going to social clubs. So I'd seen uh, lots of comedians working, but it wasn't like the circuit that it, you know, the sort of alternative circuit. I was back in mm. the old school social club seen but they were still technically brilliant a lot of those comedians um uh and um yeah I grew up kind of watching yeah. watching them live you know yeah again yeah. these were influences that I didn't I didn't know that that I was being influenced and I didn't know I had no idea that I would end up doing it for a living I didn't know anybody that earned a wage that way I didn't know anybody that earned a wage even in the arts you know my my family were nurses and um, my mom worked both my parents worked in factories my brother was an engineer my sister worked in the shop so nobody earned their wage in an artistic way but somehow I'm I sort of seemed to felt like I fell into it felt like I yeah, felt yeah. like I fell into it but I think Joining a drama group at 16 was 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 a key thing for me. It was a great era for sitcom as well, wasn't it? It was like yeah. really epic. Yeah. I remember yeah. I randomly, like, you know, sometimes they do though, I don't even know if anyone spots these, but that I saw this uh, lecture, I think it was a David Dimby or a Richard Dimby lecture on yeah. TV one late night by I think it was Griff Reese Jones talking yeah. about the it was basically an hour long why sitcoms are so important for culture. And oh. I don't really watch those at all. Like, yeah. normally, <laughs> but I sat yeah. there glued. And I'd, I like, to, I'd like, like to watch that myself. It was, it, I think it was a good couple of years ago, but it was, yeah. it was really, really compelling. Yeah. As why sitcom is so, so valuable yeah. for society, not only for like, he was kind of talking to the industry, saying we need to put more money into it and and things. It could even have been longer than two years ago. I can't remember, but it was one of those things that I I never quite considered, you know, how epic that era particularly was mm -hmm. of seventies and eighties that really shaped. And I feel like there's probably more going into that in the last couple of years, even maybe I don't know. Yeah, how, but yeah. It does feel like it's a really important part of our TV that I think yeah. is great when it's you know because it really is I mean you love us I would always choose it. a comedy yeah you're, you're <laughs> Mr drama but 
Yeah, I think there's something about sitting down and feeling good watching something that's really important. Yeah, like, I think I think that's the thing, isn't it? You you get such joy. Yeah. Mm. And I think I I grew up in a, a what would be, and I use it in inverted commas because I don't like the system that is in place, and I don't think it's it's correct. But it, in terms of sociology, I would have been classed as kind of working working class community, and I think the working class community particularly didn't really have a voice, but often did in comedy. Yes, mm. did, did often their lives were seen and possibly celebrated or, you mm. know, in through comedy. So yeah. I think there was, I think that's why my family related to, to it. We, we loved drama and we loved film, but comedy in particular seemed to resonate <clears throat> in a different way. Mm. I love it because I find as well, it's not escapism. I love the way it can suddenly go so serious as well. Yeah, me too. Not like, oh, let's just have a laugh just for the thing. I mean, I, I love that. Yeah, love me it. too. I really love the way you can suddenly be quite emotional. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you quickly there, as well. There, yeah. was a there was a brilliant sitcom, uh, almost like comedy drama, but it, I don't know which category it would have come into, sitcom or comedy drama, but it was called Mom. And it was, uh, I don't know if you, it kind of, I think it was a BBC one. It was it was on about maybe a year ago. There, there was two series of it, and it did that brilliantly. Yes. It did that so, so well. It was about a woman whose husband had died, and then she starts another relationship. Very, very beautifully done. But again, really emotional in parts. Mm. Funny, but really sad in parts. Yeah. Yeah, that was fantastic. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So you... Um, we're on the circuit, you did the course, or you were kind of watching people. Yeah. What was it that yeah. kind of stood out? Did you think then I'd love to, to you know, get opportunities to do that? Yeah, I think I was very fortunate to have a very good teacher of stand-up, a man who knew that stand-up comedy was a, a craft, really, and an art form, and I had not really seen it that way. And he was sort of... He sort of introduced me to sort of masters of the craft, really, Richard Pryor and Robin Williams. I'd been watching Victoria Wood, um, yeah. but then he was like, you need to look at Alexis Sale and Richard Pryor and Robin Williams and Whoopi mm -hmm. Goldberg and people that were doing doing it and doing it in such a way that they were they were saying they were using it to say things. Yeah. Um, and to uh in a, just a different level, just a different level. And, I'd, and I kind of fell in love with it. I just mm. fell in love with it because I was like, oh my goodness, this is, and I, I, liked the, um, I liked the fact that you could write your own material and you didn't have to wait for somebody. Because at first I thought, I just want to do acting, but then it's acting is great, but obviously you don't get to put the words in your mouth. Yeah. And I loved the fact that I didn't have to wait for somebody to give me a script. I could have the power of trying to write something myself. And um, yeah, I just found it very exciting. And I, I just, I was surprised that I, that, I, that I enjoyed it. And I was surprised that somebody would pay me to do it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then I was surprised that they continued to pay me. And it was a continual <laughs> surprise. It's amazing. And I was like, what? It's you know? So is that how it went? Did you start doing the stand-up? Yeah, you, you start, you, yeah, because I thought... I thought I just want to be an actor, but 
I'll do the stand-up till I get into acting. But then I just started it. And at that time, there wasn't very many women doing it. So, um, but I just got fascinated by it as a, as a sort of a type of performance, I think. Yeah. I saw that it was something that you could really, really craft. Mm. Um, and that, that really interested me. Uh, and I was a massive fan and still am a massive fan of Victoria Woods. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, I love what she's doing. And I, I, I sort of um, wanted to try and, uh, you can't be Victoria Wood, but that, that sort of talking about her life, yes. in, I found that inspiring. I just wanted mm -hmm. to talk about life and mm -hmm. the things I was doing, but in a way that was funny if, if I could. And that, yeah. that's always a challenge and is always a challenge every week. But um, yeah, that, I just got a, a sort of desire to do it. Mm. Yeah. That's brilliant. And you've worked on some TV shows. Mm. A lot of lot of ones that we have seen. You work with some great people, haven't you? Like Ricky mm. Gervais, Steve Cooper, yeah. Peter Kay. And um, do you what I mean, how did you get into the TV side? Is that kind of something that is in a similar sphere of people? So you end up doing a bit of yeah. was that? It's it's a bit like the comedy world is quite at that time I started was even smaller, um, smaller number of people. There's a lot more now. Uh, but Peter, for example, Peter Kay was was a stand-up at the same time as I was a stand-up. We were both, we were doing gigs together. Um, we were from similar backgrounds, Irish parents, working class, um, and we enjoyed watching each other's material. He was always very kind about the work I did, and um, I think he could relate to it, and, you know, and so when he started to write his scripts, he would say to me, oh, there's there's a character in there that, you know, I'd like you to play if you want to. And this was before he was famous and this yeah. was before he knew that he would be famous. And so I did three or three or four different series with him. And he was always extremely generous and always remembered me. And the phone would just ring and he, he'd be like, hello, I've got a part for you, you know. And I'd be like, <laughs> do you want to come and do this thing? And I'd be like, yeah, of course I do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really love to really love to pay my bills do you know <laughs> they've got a council tax yeah. letter here <laughs> yeah yeah uh, it'd be great to come and do some work yeah yeah, yeah um yeah. and uh yeah so he was always very loyal and the parts were always great mm. and he always let me play around with them and he'd always let me you know add a sentence here or there and it, it because I'd always know because I'd known him before he was famous and it was really about a friendship we we always could we were like I always felt comfortable to mess around with, you know, what I was, I, I never felt intimidated with Peter. It was always like, can I try this? Can we, you know, do it this way? And yeah, it, yeah. He's always felt like somebody that I can kind of work mm. with in a, on a, you know, comf in a comfortable yeah, yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. And do you, do you have like a preference with doing TV or stand-up or is it just kind of similar? Um, it's a funny one. Where, yeah. Uh, do you know what I don't think I do obviously television pays more money which is always mm. helpful stand up yeah. is, is small and regular um, and sometimes you do need those bigger jobs um, but also mm. the, the work is it can be really enjoyable if it's the right script or the right character when they come along if it's the right script and there's 
there's things that come along and you just go I can't do that you know mm. can't yeah. that's just not right and it's not an it's not an arrogant thing it's just you know just not very it's either not very good or it's just not it's just not a subject matter that you want to go there or it's too sweary or you know I always yeah. think about my son and I often think to, mm -hmm. am I gonna am I gonna want to see him to watch this when he's 18 yeah. you know yeah uh, and what am I what am I putting in what am I putting into the world what am I leaving in the world do you know and I want mm. I've always I've always been in it for the long game really I, I, I I've wanted to choose work carefully and 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 have a body of work that I feel good about, and um, so there are things I don't do. Yeah, yeah there's work yeah. I don't do. But but when the characters come along, and they don't come along that often, when they do, I'm really grateful, and I love doing television, and uh, that it's often great fun. Yeah. And the job block was fairly recent, wasn't it? That was that was you yeah, had a that great was just before. Really. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. The writers were from Birmingham. I really connected with them and they let me improvise little bits here and there, yeah. uh, the odd line here and there. We had great fun doing it. And I got to sit down for the whole time. <laughs> absolutely fun. I'm like, I, I think she's probably sitting at a desk in this bit. Yeah, I think she'd definitely be sitting down right yeah. now because she's going through somebody's claim. So I got to sit down most of the time <laughs> I made it so oh, lovely. I think she's probably sitting down having her lunch in the staff room in this <laughs> <laughs> the, you mentioned your son there as well and I, I remember yep. recently reading about your son came on stage with you at Spring Harvest he did and he did what was that? well he knew yeah. that he, how old he is he he's five nearly six five. he's six next Maybe. month actually um yeah he knew I told him probably about a year ago that people told jokes for jobs, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which he thought was amazing. Yeah. It's like, well, amazing. I think he said to me, that's, that's not really a job, mommy, <laughs> telling, <laughs> telling jokes. And I said, well, if people clap and they, they find it funny and they enjoy it, do you think that could, you know, do you think that that might mean that it is a bit of a job? Well, maybe, mommy, maybe. But yeah, amazing though, isn't I, it? I deliberately sort of didn't build it up into a big thing. And he's never seen anything I've ever done on television. I don't think he even knows I've ever been on television. Right. Um, but yeah, I did. I, I was asked to do a show at Spring Harvest and I mm. went to Butlin Skegness in April and I brought him with me. They said I could bring him. And then I do a, I, we, so, uh, we fell down basically we fell down a flight of stairs my son and I when he was three and a half and I even though this sounds terrible I made it in I made it into a piece of material I tell, <laughs> I tell it on the story he was absolutely fine he didn't have a yeah, mark yeah. on him and so yeah. I I turned it into a piece of material and I end my show I end I end nearly every show by telling them that story and so at spring harvest I ended the show which I'd done I think I'd done about an hour and 10 minutes. And then I told that story at the very end. And then I said, I don't normally, I said, my son was absolutely fine when he fell down the stairs. I don't know how, but he didn't have a mark on him. In fact, he normally goes to bed, but I've kept him up tonight. And, you know, and then he just walked out and then, you know. <laughs> so cute. Uh, and I wanted to give him the experience of 
walking out on stage in front of five or 600 people and that to to not be oddly enough to not be a scary thing yeah. um because i just think it's about practice it's about not being intimidated by people and yeah. i really want him to grow up sort of not being intimidated he doesn't yeah. have to be a performer i'm not i want him to do whatever he wants to do mm. but i think that that sort of thing about not being intimidated feels really important to me mm. yeah so i like that a lot i like mm. that it can be a real barrier can't it even kind of school assembly getting absolutely it's the absolutely the people thing isn't it so it's really yeah it's great yeah so so we've since some so he he told a joke on set. I said, "This is a, the, these are the audience, you know." And I'd spoken to a few of them. I'm like, "That's Patrick. That's so and so." And I said, "Would you do, do you want to tell them a joke? You can you can tell them a joke now if you like, and but you don't have to if you want to. You can." And he did, and they they loved it. And then, as we were walking around Butlins the next day, several people stopped him oh. and oh. said, "You were you were great. You were really great." Do you know, and it's just the self esteem thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about ego, and it's not about even even being on stage. It's just that thing of having your voice. Yeah. And um, I I really um I feel I feel that it's really important for children to have their voices. Yeah. And, and stand up is one way to possess your voice, I think. Mm -hmm. And telling jokes is one way to possess your voice. Um, and I think it's a really brilliant uh, way to kind of build resilience as well, to kind of mm -hmm. to kind of develop sense a sense of humour. Yeah. yeah. So that that that's sort of what I'm doing as well is sort of celebrating humour. Yeah. I love it, and it's such a great. I mean, what a great role model to have as a mum, but what a great way of you know so often we shape how we think as we're growing up by what is around us and what's presented and yeah so for this yeah. to be quite normal is great that's what i'm trying to do yeah yeah, yeah. i love that i absolutely yeah. love it because yeah who knows what that will become what that turns into but if we yeah. can do that for our kids is amazing isn't it and yeah it just felt you know i was a bit hesitant i was like you know because I really don't like sort of moms who force their kids on stage or any of that nonsense but I, I it wasn't about that for me it was about it was about finding your voice and connecting to the strength that's inside you and knowing that you're equal to anybody else in the room you're not above or below you're you know that equal that equality thing you know yeah that's yeah, great. we have that quite a lot, don't we? Because we've got our youngest, Grace, does modelling, child yes. modelling. She's got yes. Down syndrome. And there's often that kind of, especially when she started, we were like, oh, we're going to be those parents that are... I know. I think it's really, you can really over-apologise for things that look like yeah. shadow celebrity, something or others. Yeah. The fear of how someone will perceive you. But yeah. actually, there's so much quality, isn't there? And so much to be learned from those experiences if it's yes like, I think so if you protect and you do it well like you're saying yes the exposure's done well and yes but there, I think we can over apologize sometimes yeah, too yeah. Much you're probably right yeah you're probably right there Linda and, and 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 you know that's why I kind of say to him you can tell a joke but you don't have to tell a joke you can just yeah. get straight off now and um because I think you it's that thing. I don't want him to become a performer, as in 
feel like he needs to perform yeah. but if yeah. that's in him great if it's exactly. not great yeah. you know yeah, whatever yeah yeah and it's so transferable it's like it's so transferable yeah anything it's like we get a lot of young people come in to our cafe and work with us for a little bit and you know none of them really necessarily go on and become baristas and yeah. coffee forever but yeah we've seen it with our own kid he's 14 yeah. he's just started working on saturday he's transformed him hasn't he? he's yeah. like so it's amazing isn't it confidence you yeah. know he doesn't need to do coffee forever thing isn't it yeah and knowing that you're like you're saying, you're equal, equal standing. And yeah, I think and that you can use your voice. So tell us a bit what, what's going on at the moment. So I notice you do a lot with Glee Club. I do. That's 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 the local kind of big comedy club in, in Birmingham. And I've been connected with them for uh, years, really, since they began. Um, mm. But the last 10 years, I've been running a new material night there, which basically is mainly for experienced comedians to try out new ideas. Um, and I kind of, I kind of coordinate it really. I just find the acts, book the acts. And I also give space to new comedians to do their first five, 10 minutes or to just, cause you, you've got to have stage time to practice and learn. So it's for everybody to keep learning really mm. and practicing. So yeah, that's what I've been doing. It's, it's been good. That's been brilliant. Good. And that's monthly in Birmingham. It's monthly. Yeah. So anyone near to Birmingham listening, get yeah. down Glee It's club. called Rough Works. Yeah. Rough Works. Yeah. Yeah, Rough Works at the Glee. And what else is coming up in the on the horizon? I see you're playing Leamington yeah. Spa as well. I've done so I've done got, Leamington. Oh, you did, did it did. last week. Yeah, we got Leamington. family in Leamington. So have you? We oh, it's lovely. <laughs> I had a, I had a lovely time. Uh so tonight I'm gigging in Kings Heath in Birmingham and then and then I'm doing uh, somewhere in Dudley in a, a week's time and then I'm doing Worcester. So they can find out more at joeenright.com. Yeah, and, and Facebook is where I often post my gigs. Yeah. Great. Got to ask quickly about the knitting. Oh, yes. <laughs> this yes. is a big section of life. Yes. We, we talk a lot to people um about kind of downtime and self-care mm. I guess is the, the modern mm. phrase for it but just how yeah. to find that space to I guess you do a lot of your journeying through your comedy and you get to write yeah. down your journey and, and do some of that there which must be helpful but is the knitting yeah. part of that kind of yeah that space for your head and do you know I think it is more so than I realize Lindy. I, I, I um I find you know obviously it's it, it's stand-up can be very stressful mm. and even when it goes well it can be stressful because you're kind of like you're kind of always having to sort of analyze it why did it go well um, and the next time you do it every single time you do it it's different um, and so it, it can your adrenaline can be really fired for good or for bad yeah. it can be it, it can be fired up yeah your adrenaline can be really go through the roof knitting oddly enough is something I do to slow me down it slows me down and I, and it really does work and somebody um I, was, I picked up I went to hear a, a lady talk who used knitting she teaches it as for a pain management technique for people with um, arthritis and things like that okay. and uh, they've done scientific studies that knitting the repetitive act of knitting literally changes your brain 
waves wow. um, and literally does physical, you know, physiologically slow you down. Yeah. Um, and I, I find it to be true. I find mm-hmm. it really decreases anxiety, stress. I can be feeling like just 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 focusing on one small project that I might be trying to finish. Um, it just take it's, it gives you rest, my, what they call mind rest, because your mind's not worrying, not analyzing, not trying to work out the next thing. Where am I going next? I think especially as a mom, you've always got a massive to do list. Um, and so it's for me, it's just a place where I go in to stop and rest. And that's just I'm focusing on one thing that I'm making. Um, and I get real pleasure from that. I, I, and I'm often going, well, what am I going to do with the thing that I'm making? Uh, some of some sometimes I'll sell it, but often I don't want to move into the selling of things too much because that's another job. Um, so I've started to bring some things I make along to gigs, and sometimes I'll sell them after gigs. But um, yeah, a lot of the time I'm, I'll just give them away. Uh, and so um, yeah, but I, I get real joy, real joy mm-hmm. from it, uh, and I get yeah, I just. I, I love the I love the silence of it. It's complete contrast to stand up. Yeah, I love the complete quiet. Yeah, I love there's no words. I love that uh, it's all about the visual. It's all about the texture. It's all about the touch. It's all about the color of the wall, and uh, the finding of the right button. The the small detail, uh, and I find it just to. I, it literally gives me real joy and real comfort, you know. Wrong and sometimes in my heart, <laughs> we're both like, "Oh, we yeah. need some." <laughs> honestly, honestly, I find it to be, yeah, I just find it to be joyous. I'd not put that two those two things together honestly yeah. in my head. I hadn't knitting quite, and joy. But I just had <laughs> no, I hadn't quite twigged how therapeutic it is. Well, if you think about it, I hadn't thought about this before, but this is true. They've done lots of scientists have done experiments with the the relationship between things that you do with your hands and the effect on your brain, and they have found that when you are doing something repetitive with your hands it literally affects your brain. So for example, if you remember, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember reading articles about this, that people that when they were mentally ill would often do things like back in the day, they do things like make things, they'd make baskets and they do those activities Mm. because it was literally soothing their nervous system, Mm. soothing and slowing down their brain. It wasn't just let's give these guys that are a little bit, more than a little bit troubled an activity to do it was it was it was a physical yeah scientific scientifically proven um thing that when you when your hands are engaged in an activity that is repetitive you're having a a direct effect on your brain Mm. wow well i will look at our knit and natter group in a new light (laughs) now have you got a knit and natter group in your yeah Yeah, that's good that's I might join, so to be honest. <laughs> I think we'll both be in there next week. Yeah, there's a lot of men who knit now. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of men who knit. It's good, it's good. Joe, thank you so much for giving us some time. It's absolutely a joy to chat yeah, with you. Thank and, you. And hear some of your story. And uh, You're welcome. You know, thank you for you asking. Inspiration, though, real inspiration. And it's really, yeah, really good of you to give us some time. So thank you. Thank you. And uh, 
everyone go Thanks, out Linda. and catch you when you're around the UK. Yeah, I think I'm going to be in Wakefield. I think it's a it's second second week of October. I think hopefully yeah, we'll be we'll be there for sure. So great, great. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. We'll speak to you soon. <laughs> good to see you guys. So yeah, we'd love you to subscribe um, and go with us on our journey we've got some weeks ahead and uh, yeah we'd love you to set out with us we've got some offers we'll be doing bits of coffee information we'll be giving you so it'd be great if you could follow us and we've got instagram we've got facebook we've got website we've even got the old tiktok which is epic so find us out there it's clo which is just clo coffee and you'll uh, spot us around the place